Expose, an open conversation about local arts by local artists. I'm your host, Aria Scarlett, and before we start, I'd like to acknowledge that I am privileged to record this podcast on Wajak Noongar Budja. Today, I have a multi-talented drag performer in the studio with me. Kimmy Head and Resuscitation are polar opposite drag personas. Kimmy is a glittery goofball pop star, while Reese is the ultimate king of dad bods. Both of these characters have quickly made a name for themselves in WA. You might be surprised to learn that they actually come from the same person. When they're not shaking up Perth in their drag personas, Paige is quite literally saving lives as a paramedic in training. It's my complete pleasure to welcome Paige into the studio. How are you, Paige? Hello, I'm good. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You're so very welcome. Uh, so let's jump straight into it. I only have one question today, mm-hmm. and that's why drag? Um, so I fell in love with drag uh, close on five years ago now. It was when we were all turning 18, and my best friend Fraser, he was trying to get me into RuPaul's Drag Race, like mm. just kept trying, kept trying, kept trying. And I was like, yeah, yeah, like I'll get around to it. But I was like very big into Game of Thrones. <laughs> so I was <laughs> you like... You had your fandom working Yeah, out. I was yeah. like, I can't, I can't watch anything else right now, Fraser. Like, come on. Um, but he used to always put it on uh, when we'd have gathers at his house. So like <laughs> the next day, like we'd all sleep over and he'd cook up us like a massive, massive feed and he'd put Drag Race on. Mm. And it was always like Snatch Games and the like the ball runways and stuff like that. And he'd put it on like Snap, um, like the all-star season. So it was yeah. always like Episodes the really- you can like drop in and out yeah, of. Yeah, exactly. So I was like, oh, like this is cool. And like the glitter and like the wigs. And cause I've always been someone uh, who changes my hair a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, ironically, this is actually, you, can't, you guys can't see me, but um, this is for the first time in 12 years that I've actually had fully natural hair, like wow. no colors, like no, silly cuts or anything like that like it's all natural for why do all that when you have the glamour of wigs exactly well, which is actually part of the reason why I haven't I'm like yeah eh, like if I want pink hair I can just wear a, a, a pink, pink wig, wig. Yeah. so yeah so I started watching RuPaul's Drag Race and then um which I think is a is an introduction for a lot of uh young queer people oh 100% um, it's also one of the first mainstream introductions exactly yeah. yeah exactly so I think I started watching um, All Stars 3 had just finished. So I, I didn't jump in when a season was airing. Like yeah. I sort of did a huge binge watch and I actually finished it, all my binge watches, just before season 10 aired. Wow. Um, so, yeah, uh, yeah, I smashed. I was living at a home and had no money. So all I did was <laughs> watch TV. But I had a standard um, subscription and there we Exactly. <laughs> that was mum's. I was like, thank you. So I just smashed it and I fell in love with just like the glitter and like the hair and just how like glamorous they looked. And then I started going to local drag shows um and the first first by the way yeah oh my god the first person I ever saw perform um was at a drag factory was actually Alexis Armstrong who to this day is still my absolute favorite um but it was just before Incredibles 2 had come out or had just come out Mm. and she was dressed as like Mrs. Incredible some elastic fantasy. Yeah. Oh my okay. god. It was so so camp, and I just remember because she's so like athletic and fit. She mm-hmm. just does all sorts, and I remember just like looking at her like so enamored. Um, and then I met uh, Donna and Perry, and I hadn't I hadn't like come out yet. Mm-hmm. So that was I remember saying to them like, oh, I wish I was a gay man so I could do drag, and they were like, You can do drag, and I was like, Oh, that ah, changes everything. Wow. But then there was still a lot of like internalized. Um, I wasn't out yet. Like okay. I, I, like I, I, I was like, oh, like you know, I did the whole. No, I'm straight, but like I'd sleep with a woman. That's not straight. <laughs> That's not straight. <laughs> I do. Like I nothing love, about no, that is straight. I fully love that though, because it's just like sitting there being like, I mean, 
um, if I was forced to do it, <laughs> gun to my head, I would. I, I mean, if I needed to for like an emergency situation. I Literally love that. how I was as like a 20 year old. I was like, oh, you know, like Rihanna's pretty hot. Like, oh, it was so stupid. I was like, you are so gay. Do you think <laughs> that any of that, like, because you had like just binged so many seasons and up until that point, there wasn't a lot of diversity in like the gender casting of RuPaul's Drag Race. Mm. Do you think that that also like stopped you from being like, of course no, I can do drag. Yeah, def- definitely. Cause like it was, so it was like a combination that it was all gay men mm. on RuPaul's Drag Race. Um, and cause especially back then as well, you didn't have, you had Peppermint. Peppermint was the only yes. out trans person on the show. Like most people who have come out as trans on RuPaul's Drag Race came out after the show mm-hmm. or like the reunion and stuff like that. Definitely. So it was definitely like a, this is like for gay men and obviously struggling with coming to terms with whether or not I was queer. I was like, I don't want to intrude on a space that isn't mine. Completely. Um, and obviously I hadn't joined like the scene as a spectator yet properly yet either. So it was more, I don't want to intrude on a scene that isn't mine. And then obviously the more I got into it, the more I was like, oh, actually, and I came out and stuff like that. But I was like, oh, this this is just as much my scene as anyone else's. Like, yeah. you can be as queer as you want. You can be as straight as you want. Like, gender fluid. Like, whatever you are, there is a place for you. And I think Perth is, like, really, really good for that is, mm. yeah, Especially you can rock now, up. Perth has undergone, like, some oh, great yeah. shakedowns in the absolutely. last couple of years that have really made it a hub for everyone yeah absolutely and I I used to have friends when I first started drag that they're like oh I'm like I'm straight so I don't really I don't want to intrude I want to support you but I don't I don't want to intrude on like a space that's like for you guys um which I think is really respectful I'm really lucky I have a lot of friends you know that had that mentality but also they just weren't educated either that I was like no like you're if you're there supporting, like, we love that. Like, that's – it's the epitome of allyship, you know? Yeah. Um, so it was really throw great. your money at somebody. Yeah, literally. So it became – I slowly got into it and I think uh, Barbie was the final push. I met Barbie. Everyone knew I was into drag race at this point, like, and I was like, I want to do drag, I want to do drag, I want to do drag. Yeah. Um, and I was working FIFO and I started getting into makeup. So I started buying all this makeup because I could afford it. do it finally like, for the first yeah, time. just yeah. like – Chucking money down. What were you doing on sites? I was a pit tech. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, I just was a geology shit kicker. So you had, like, <laughs> these two completely different lives then, basically. Oh, it's yeah. Not like, it's not like you're out and doing spins and kicks in the middle no. of a pit. It's not where it's going to happen. Oh, no, no. And, like, so I um, so I come from a background that isn't performance-based at all, which so many people are surprised at when they meet me or see me, which I don't know why they're surprised because I can't dance. <laughs> So I'm like, come on, guys. Like, I'm going to say that's a lie. I've seen you perform. That's a complete lie. <laughs> I've got a little bit of the we twirl, rhythm. We twirl. Yeah, we twirl. Yeah, we, we, we will. <laughs> um, nah, I uh, played state basketball. So I was a basketballer growing up. So it was a very, um, very athletic. Like I was doing basketball six, seven times a week. Yeah. Like all of my energy was going into that. Um, yeah, so like went from that to work at a footy club, still work at a footy club. So I really do have like the epitome of like two separate lives. Yes, definitely. Like they always say that with drag queens, but it's like so many drag queens are still in like performing industries or makeup or hair and like, you know, mm. still very like gay. Yes. Whereas I'm at like footy. <laughs> it's I'm the epitome of a bisexual really. Completely, it's like yeah. I've got like footy and then it's like drag and I love it when I go from like footy to drag and I'm using like colloquialisms that I use at footy around my gay friends and they're like what are you talking about I love that. and then I'll accidentally do it to my like footy boys and I said one of them asked for a shoulder strap or something and I was like oh yeah girly I can do that 
And he was like, did you just call me a girl? Oh, wow. And I was like, what? Because I say girly, like, for everything. Like, yeah. I end sentences with it. I say, like, agreeance. I'm like, oh, yeah, girly. Like, let's do that. Like, oh, yeah, blah, blah, blah. girly, girly, girly. Um, and he's like, did you just call me a girl? And Same I was way, like, like old ladies go, yes, my dear. Yeah. And everybody, yeah. Literally. And I was like, what? Like, what? Because I didn't even realise I had said it. And he's like, you just said, like, girly. Like, are you calling me girly? And I was like, oh, my God. This is like a six foot four footy. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't um, have the time to, like, unpack your toxic yeah. masculinity around this word. I'm just going to strap your yeah. shoulder and, and you can go like, away. Oh, no. I think as well, because he doesn't realise I'm a drag queen. Whereas, like, some of the, because he hasn't been around as much. Whereas my footy boys, I've been there for six years. Yeah. So they've seen me like come out like because I, I was 17 when I started at that club so they've really they seen, seen me like grow yeah. grow up kind of thing um and yeah I think they find they love it like some of my footy boys love it they're like come in and they're like did you do a gig last night Paige and like how are your performances and they like follow me on Instagram and stuff like that which is really cute um so yeah they love it and when I'm like oh yeah girly or like camp and they're like oh yeah like I don't know <laughs> what that means but like Go off, I guess. <laughs> That's kind of important, though. I mean, mm. otherwise there are a lot of these spaces that I guess would be defined as really like heteronormative spaces. Oh, absolutely. That wouldn't get their their daily dose of queer. Mm. And you're just there like popping on and being <laughs> yeah. like, hello, I'm here to just introduce just these little bits, <laughs> yeah. these things that, yeah, which uh, is awful. We don't have to pander to anybody, no. obviously. But it's one of the ways to get more and more people mm. on your side is, of course, is to be like just like oh, little yeah. drops in here and there, which absolutely. of course is not your job. No, to like strap shoulders and be yeah. a medical queen. But yeah, <laughs> I think um I think it's really good. Uh, just the general education as mm. well. Like they may like I some of them. I think I am their only queer friend, and it's not because it's not because they're homophobic or like transphobic or you know anything like mm. that. It's just purely like if they've grown up sort of like playing footy and they have that very like boys club. Unless maybe they have like a sibling or a girlfriend has a gay friend or you know what I mean? It's yeah. like you have your circles and, and you find that coming into the queer scene as well. It's like I have two very distinct circles. I've got my like queer friends mm. and I've got my like straight friends. And it's really funny because I dub them my straight friends, but like when I think about it, we're also quite queer as well. Like yeah, there's I'm a couple sure. I, yeah. like there's a bisexual, there's a gay man, there's a trans man, and it's like but we're still like very straight. Do you find like <laughs> obviously at your football you're like throwing in these words unbeknownst basically, yeah. they just sort of happen. But do you find that you at the beginning especially of like discovering who Kimmy was, because mm. that was your first drag persona, yeah, it was is Kimmy. Uh Tequila Sunrise, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I had a rebrand. The version of the version of Kimmy that we all know yes. now. Yeah. <laughs> She's different. But um so at the beginning, was it like, okay, I've got to draw a really strong line here and when I go into the club, I've got to be, quote unquote, straight, whatever that um, might mean in your perception or yeah, really? Yes and no. I think my footy, I think I, I'm really blessed in the sense that I've gotten to know my footy boys quite well, you yeah. know, um, and it's like I know how to feed off them and vice versa. I know what I'm comfortable with them with. So I think I was very lucky that when I was sort of like coming out I kind of just like mentioned, I was like, oh yeah, like I have a girlfriend. And they're like, oh, good for you. <laughs> you know, like they were very much like, oh yeah, sick. And then when I started the drag, there was part of me that did keep it hidden a little bit. But I was also um, like, I kept it hidden from my parents for a little bit too. Cause I mm. didn't know how they would feel. Cause like my dad knows that I'm bi, but my mum doesn't for example, and they're together and, like, we all live still. together. Uh, wow. Yeah, yeah, to this day, like, still. So it, it, it can be a bit confusing. Like, to this day, mum thinks I'm, like, 
a straight ally drag queen. It's really funny. Um, and I could talk about all of this on a podcast because mum's not going to listen. Because, <laughs> like, bless her. Did figure out how to download radio on the internet. Yeah. yeah. She, like, she's really supportive in some elements. But then some, like, you just, it's like the, yeah, it's blank. She's like, I don't care about this. But then, like, she'll be really sweet sometimes. And, like, for my birthday, she bought me a bunch of, like, like wig stand holders so that I can store my wigs. Because, but she will, like, brush it off. Like, oh, it's just because I'm sick of your shit, like, lying around the house. Yeah, right, okay. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, it's a very conflicting. And then there's dad and he's like, um, well, he was at the first WA expose. So yes, yeah, I got to I got to meet your lovely dad. Yeah, so and he, he loved it. He was very uh he was very much like uh Regina George's mum at the WA expose. <laughs> it was very funny. He was like chilling at the back with his beer the whole night. because uh, that used to be his local haunt. He had to tell us as we came in. Of course, yeah. because uh, he grew up in Willoughby, but he's like, Yeah. You and you, my, you know, me and your mom, like, we went on dates here. I was like, oh, yeah, cool, mom. Oh, wow, that's like, terrifying. Yeah, Thank I was you. like, cool, dad, like, great. Um, but he was, like, at the back watching everyone. And then I think because I was on towards the end. Yeah. <laughs> I just remember because I was waiting at the side of the stage to come on. And I see, because he's, like, a six foot two fat man. He's like, he's a giant he's a, he's a big, big boy um, and very noticeable. And he's, like, pushed through everyone with his phone in his hand. Yeah. And he's like, move, that's my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> he like, did. He had the daughter. proudest moment ever. Even yeah. like I, full, I was fully aware of who he was, yeah. obviously. And you're like introducing to me at the end, and he's like, "That's my, that's my girl." And I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> I know. Thank you. She was great." Yeah, I think as well because he's a medic, so yeah. um, being able to do like a fully realized. Uh, paramedic number, mm. which I had been talking about for a while. I had wanted to do it for a while. Um, and I had s- discussed it with dad because the scene that I use in that paramedic number is uh, the office CPR scene. Yes. And dad was the one who first showed me that. So I've actually only recently just finished the office. But anyway, dad's a first aid instructor and he will put that clip at the start of his um, like his training things as like a That's what so not to smart. do. It's also yeah. such a good way to just warm people up. Exactly. It is the most ridiculous. Oh, so clip. ridiculous. And it, and it does help with the whole like no, like staying alive is a good like beat. So he will – like that's how he kind of segues it and stuff like that. Um, So I was like, I just – I really want to do – I really want to do a drag number. And, yeah, I finally I finally did it and I have edited it. Um, I've made it a bit shorter. I've changed some songs around. Mm-hmm. Um, So it's a lot smoother now. Yeah. Um, So I'm excited to redo it and with a bit more of a twist slash realised slash – Yassification of it, I guess. I don't know. Like <laughs> <laughs> if anyone hasn't seen it, this is the act where I mean, gosh, at WA Expose the show, it was chaotic. almost. I mean, super chaotic because uh, I was incredibly cheap and could only afford like a venue where we had an office space as our backstage. Yeah. Uh, and you had a not giant, like a regular size CPR yeah. dummy, but in that tiny office, it took up half the space. And it was like wearing a wig. <laughs> it was wearing a wig. Yeah, she it had a name. Was so weird. Um, yeah, no. And we've got like four of those in our garage. <laughs> That's really scary. Yeah. That's it's really why scary. They, it's why they stay in the garage. Like, don't get me wrong. They would in, be my Halloween decorations every yeah. year. They're in like uh, bags. But when dad cleans them bags. all. That's yeah. really fun. Cool. When dad cleans them, they're like in the lounge room. And I remember when I was 18 because he had just done a course. And you've got like the baby, the babies as well. Like they're creepy. Mm. And I've walked in and I was so drunk. And I just see this shadow of like. All these like bodies, and I was like, "What the fuck?" I'm like freaking out. Oh my God. And then I turn the light on, and it's all these CPR mannequins without faces, by the way. Like, yeah. so they're creepier, but it's because Sunken Dad's sanitizing eyes. them. Yeah. And I'm like, 
what is happening? I'm so drunk. I was like, <laughs> I'm going to bed. Oh, Meanwhile, man. your dad's like, you've been around this for ages. I've been doing this a long time. Yeah. This isn't new. It's not new at all. But at 3 a.m., it's a whole different story. It's a completely different game. At 3 a.m., it's like, is this my house? Yeah. Uh, I'm like, did where have I Would everybody die? Where's this baby yeah. come from? I oh didn't know God. I had another baby. Like, what's happening I here? I love the baby. So I'm like, they waited really well. And we just love, like, playing around with them at uni. <laughs> just like. Like, yeah, it's just Stephen. <laughs> oh, my God. Playing house at university. Yeah. That's so good. <laughs> With, like, CPR dummies, like, covered in blood and stuff. And we're like, yeah, it's my baby. <laughs> so is it your first performance? Um, is it actually at Drag Factory that you go, click, this is who I'm supposed to be, even though you were tequila then and all yeah, of that Yeah, tequila. Stuff? So, um, so I did a – so how I – my first time in drag was actually for a Trixie Mattel uh, show. So I bought tickets and I just copied a YouTube tutorial. Yeah. Um, surprisingly, it doesn't look that bad. Like, it's actually not that bad. Um, so I got into that and I was like, oh, this is this is camp. Mm. Um, but also Trixie is so, like, obscure. So I didn't, like, feel the fantasy per se. I was like, this is fun. Mm. But I wasn't like, oh, yeah. You like, weren't, you I'm weren't gonna like, I am the drag. one. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't like, yeah, I'm going to do drag. Mm. Um, ironically, so I did a trial run and then three days later I got into Trixie. Um, and ironically, I got the times mixed up. So I got oh. a Snapchat from someone being like, where are you? And it was like of Trixie on stage. And I had uh, misread the ticket. So I thought, I, th- I think I thought it said like doors open at 8.30. But it turns out like Trixie went on at 8.30. Oh, um, and wow. I missed the show you fully so just didn't I was even like get to see dressed her. as Trixie uh and missed her and I was in Alcamore so a fair oh, way from the city um no so I uh just drank a bottle of wine and had a cry about it because I was so sad because I was like in full Trixie get drag and but you know that's Did you okay have, like the full meet and greet ticket and no stuff no okay. it was just like just a just a general okay, ticket but Honestly, yeah I know right and I was like oh I believe I stuffed this up. But, um, yeah, it wasn't until a few months later. I think it was maybe six months. And I met um, his – what's his drag? He's changed his drag name. <laughs> but when so when we met, it was Kitty Oleander. Mm-hmm. And we became friends and he started drag at the same time. Okay. So we both started together and, like, the epitome of, like, drag siblings. Like, we didn't have a drag mum or anything like that. It was just us two in his Perth apartment – and I would pack up all my stuff and I'd go around at like 12, like 12 in the mor- uh, morning, afternoon, and we would just watch like drag race on TV, watch YouTube tutorials of drag makeup, and then we would get in drag at like 3 p.m. Yeah. for Drag Factory. For a 1 a.m. <laughs> show. Because we were so scared. We were going to like miss it and our faces were going to mm-hmm. be like terrible. But, yeah, I met Kitty um, – and we became friends. I met him when I was on the mine. So I hadn't started drag yet, but it yeah. was like makeup. And he was doing makeup. And I was like, cool, 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 cool. Then I did drag for his first drag factory. So I was like, I'm not going to perform, but I want to get in drag. Yeah. So I got in drag and I remember Alexis coming up to me because she hosts drag factory at the time. Mm-hmm. and was like, oh, are you performing tonight? And I was like, oh, like, no, like this is my first time in drag. And Alexis was like, oh, like, what's your name? And I freaked oh. out. I was like, I haven't thought that far ahead. But I was drinking a tequila sunrise and I was like, oh, tequila sunrise. Wow. So it's like literally the first thing that came into yeah, head. It was you just did that classic moment head. of looking around the room to literally. find something to say. Yeah. And then Alexis was like, oh, cool. Like, I'll see you next week on stage. And I was like, 
wow. I guess I'm doing that. That is just and props I did. to the legend that is. Yeah. Like, really. It's her fault. No. <laughs> but I mean, massive, like, massive props to her for actually like getting out into the audience, but like seeing yeah. like, things that she technically doesn't have to do, but no. does to support the community. Like it's, it's yeah. huge. Alexis, no, Alexis is one of my all time favorite drag queens. Like she is just like everything about her, the athleticism, like her drag, the entertainment value, the fact that she's the nicest human in the world as well. It's just sprinkles on top. Oh, I just, I love her. Um, we, she hosted Drag Factory on Wednesday and I wasn't going to perform. Like I have so much to do for free. Of course. <laughs> I have so much I need to do. And then she posted like, oh my God, I'm going to be hosting Drag Factory tomorrow. And I was like, guess I'm going to do Drag Factory. And then I got there early so I could chat with her. And we spent 20 minutes, Alexis, Faye and I in the drag room talking about the new Spider-Man movie. <laughs> And that's how it should be. Yeah, People and like want to know what happens backstage. Marvel. It's just that. It's nerding out. It's just it's that. It's nerding out. And then like Faye is a big fan of The Witcher, which I didn't realise. Uh-huh. So I was talking with her about The Witcher and then I was like, Alexis, like assuming Alexis would, like Alexis is a huge nerd and she's like, no, nah, like, I haven't got around to it yet. And I was like, it's like the first bad thing I've ever thought about Alexis. <laughs> I was like, I knew there was something. There had to be there something. Had to be there something. had to be a floor in this And armor. it's the fact that she's not in love with the Witcher like I am. <laughs> so which it'll is, never work. Which is a crime, of course. It's such a crime. I think this is important though because like, I think there's a lot of misconceptions about what happens in the queer community. Oh, and yeah. a lot of people just with these assumptions that it's all just fucking and sucking all the time. Oh, yeah. Which is like, okay. There's an element, cool. but there, there's an element in straight community as well. Yeah, that is exactly. exactly that. But that it's just it's Spider Man and the Witcher and the Squid Games or whatever the hell's going yeah. on at the time. It's like that. It's so of nerdy. What we're talking about. It's so nerdy. Yeah. Um, and that's what I love. Like <laughs> I'm absolutely trying to bring 2022. I said this in 2021, but it didn't happen. Uh, that's but okay. 2022. That one's a yeah, it's it was a messy year. Um, but 2022 is going to be more nerd stuff in my drag. I do love that. Yeah, whether it's as Reese or as Kimmy. It's mm. going to be nerdy. Reese, which, like, just, why? <laughs> why? So, <laughs> can't see my hands, okay. but I'm just, I'm like, I lo- yeah. I'm a big fan of Reese. Yeah. But it just sort of came at us at left field almost because, like, it did, yeah. The exact opposite. So, is Reese Kimmy's baby daddy? Like, is that, that's yeah, sort of that's the whole, it? that's, yeah. okay. So, okay. So, Kimmy came about because I was like, I can't do drag. I'm a, I'm a girl. Mm-hmm. And then they were like, yes, you can. And then I remember Barbie gave me the final push and finally did it, blah, 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 blah. And then I made a point of being like, girls can do drag. I'm going to be, and I'm plus size. So I was like, I'm going to be like this plus size, big bitch, AFAB queen on stage. Let's go. I'm going to make a point that girls can be drag queens and we put in just as much effort and work as the boys because, you know, that's another misconception, blah, blah, blah. You're, you're already a girl. You're just a girl in a wig on stage. No, we're not. <laughs> I need to one day need to do like a half and half makeup of like Paige's makeup and Kimmy's makeup because like the difference is drastic. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was, that was very much how Kimmy came about. And then Reese was like, Reese was random. Like Reese was like, one day I came home from work, like a 3am shift, couldn't sleep when I got home at like 7am. And I was like, I'm just going to whirl a drag king face. I think mm. it would be so much fun. And I think as well, cause I had seen, I think it was maybe just after, just after like a lockdown or I don't know I can't remember when Reese was actually like born per se but I remember seeing uh the big one obviously being Alexis like Alexis is Alexis and Carl and I was like well like people can have the multifaceted like personalities and then you've got um like Cherry and Blake for example Mm -hmm. so 
more people are doing that. And like the generation of babies underneath me, um, which is so weird to think because I still think of me as like a baby queen. But I'm but you're three. A mom. <laughs> yeah, I'm three yeah. in March. And I've like I've got a daughter. Like it's so weird. But um like the generation that came sort of under below after me, I guess. Uh, we call them like the cherry bomb queens. Yes, and, and it's like absolutely. it's not a read, it's not a read or shady or anything in that way, but it's more that Cherry Bomb was great because it started this um it was just a different avenue of drag. Mm. Like people who were the more alt scene, like the more alt queers who didn't yeah. necessarily feel comfortable coming to the court and like the top 40 like twinks kind of thing. And For they sure. wanted this like dingy like <laughs> underground bar. For sure. It made it got these performers out here who like are incredible. Like these so like impulse control is a huge one. Maven. And that Maven, yeah. yeah. Um they so impulse was another one that kind of made me go oh okay so there was like impulse tucker there was there was another one but basically you never knew what you were going to get with them on stage Mm. like you didn't know if they were going to be femme presenting you didn't know if they were going to be male presenting and and it was all under this one One persona persona. and i was like huh i was like this is really cool i was like Mm. i would love to just like do a king face like how let's you know why not like everyone was doing this whole like gender swapping and gender bending and like Kimmy is so hyper femme like yeah it's very hyper femme so I was like why let's do something like more mask just for once just to try it kind of thing yeah and you could hate it and we could throw it yeah exactly and it's like oh we'll have fun and like you know I love Justin and I love all these like new kings and like Freddie be perfect Mm. and lucky strike and I was like oh stuff it like let's do let's just whirl a king face um and I did and I was like (laughs) You did it I again. Like, is this a 3 So hot. I am so hot. Oh, so hot. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like in my kitchen and it's 7 a.m. Because I had Ooh. a 3 a.m. shift. Oh, okay. So, so we it was like in the daylight. Yeah, it was like in the daylight, in the morning. And I remember like my mum coming home from like a doctor's appointment or something. And I'm like dressed as a man. And she was like, what is this? Because she's like used to Kimmy by now. Mm-hmm. But she was like. <laughs> We've gotten over hurdle number one. Yeah, yeah. She was very confused. Not like. Not like in a phobic way, but I think it was just like, it's 8 a.m. in the morning. Yeah. Like, why do, Why yeah. are you dressed as a My man? Darling, it is Wednesday. <laughs> what is happening? Exactly. Yeah. And I was like, and so I was like, yeah, I'm hot. I was like, this is camp. Like, mm. this is really camp. Um, and I think there was, there, I had always been toying with the idea of doing a drag king persona just for fun. Because yeah. there are so many songs that I like as Paige that I would love to perform, but Kimmy could never like oh, okay. Kimmy, like let's be real. Kimmy isn't about to go and perform Jimmy Ricard at the court on a Wednesday. Yeah, no, we, we <laughs> like just it totally would just fair. be. It would be, and I'm very much. I don't like putting myself in a box at all. Like mm-hmm. I will perform a lot of different things, mm-hmm. and I have. Like I've done emo, I've done punk, I've done the metal, I've done musical theatre. Have you done mask voices though, as Kimmy? Yeah, I've done. Yeah. Like I've done um, a lot of like May Day Parade, Green Day. Yeah. Um, my Chemical Romance. So I've done boy voices because mm. I remember having a co- conversation with Alexis about it. I was like, oh, I don't know. Like, should I? And Alexis was like, who cares? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, sick. I'll do boy. I'll do boy songs as a girl. Um, so, yeah. So I've done that. And then – but it was just the style of song. Yeah. Like this bogan, like camp in a crass, like, way that wasn't the crass that Kimmy does. Like, I was like, I need to – Come, I'll do a, I'll do a king persona, and yeah, so I did it in this ki- in the kitchen, and then I think it took about three months before I actually did Reese, mm. um, purely because I've been so busy, 
Um, so I did re- I debuted Reese at a Cherry Bomb and it was so fun. I did a song called Goon by Frenchie, yes. um, the comedian, and I literally scold Goon on stage. Like it was so camp. Um, and then Serenity made me come back on stage and scold the Goon. Problem with this Goon was that it had been like sitting on a counter for like four months in the Ooh, middle of delicious. summer. So it was just. Disgusting, but when Serenity tells you to come back on stage and skull goon, you've got a skull goon on stage no matter how rank it is. Um, and then I did like Scotty doesn't Even know fully in a tin foil oh, bag, I'm, and you could have faked that. Oh, I absolutely, absolutely could have faked that, but you know, <laughs> no, but mum said to be, so we yeah, have to do had it had to be done because that's what I did actually in the performance because I, I drive, I rarely drink when I do drag, of course. Um, it's hard when I live in Judalup as well, so like I usually have to drive mm. just to be able to get to and from the gigs. Um, and your girl's not made of money. Like she's not Ubering. Oh God, no. <laughs> she's not spending a hundred bucks on an Uber. Yeah, and then spending another 200 on one vodka rental. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I was like, you know what? So I, in the performance, I actually just poured it down my chin. So I opened my mouth, but like the nozzle just made it look like it was overflowing from my mouth and it just went all down my shirt. Mm. Um, but then when everyone's actually watching you, yeah. Skull, you had to. I had to skull it. Yeah, I had to skull. It, it was Peer pressure very by serenity. Gross. <laughs> yeah, it was so gross. I was like, <sighs> but I would love to do that number again, maybe with better tasting goon. It's just a fun song. It's a funny song. It's a to very do. fun song. Um, but yeah, so that was kind of how Reese came about. Um, was does more. Reese, sorry, does Reese no. take like inspiration from the stereotypes that you encounter in like other parts of your world though? Because he yes, is very douche. But it wasn't he intentional. Is very boy. Like he, yeah, he is all of those things. Yeah. And it wasn't intentional though. Really? Like I just came out and I saw myself in the mirror and I was like, fuck, I'm hot. Yeah. And then I had this like beard and I was like, <sighs> and the attitude just came and I was like, wow. I was like, oh my God, I kind of get it now. Like the boys, I, I get it. Mm. Like <laughs> I was like, if I look this, this good looking in a mirror, like, yeah, I'd have a bit of a douchey uh, persona too. Um, I suppose <laughs> I that's like, yeah, right? I mean, I don't know. I guess Paige like grew up as like a average, like chubbier chick, <laughs> you mm. know, like I was never the centre of anyone's attention per se or sought after. Yeah. So I've never had that like, oh yeah, you're super hot. Like everyone's fawning over you to give you that arrogance. Like, yes. so I guess that's maybe why Paige and Kimmy are so nice. Um, but Reese, oh my God, I love it. <laughs> I was like, I walk out and they're like, oh my God, like the gay men who know full well that I'm Kimmy as yeah. well. Like they know it's a female. They're like, you're hot. Like I'd fuck Reese, And I'm like, I'd fuck me too. Yeah, great. I'd absolutely do it. But yeah, it was an act. Like, yeah, the persona just came about. Um, and then there was a – I've ha- done the whole uh, joke that, like, Kimmy and Reese are, like, a, a very toxic couple. Um, yes, yeah, yeah. So I kind of play on that on the Instagram and I do a bit of the, like, misogyny trope. I'm like, oh, yeah, like, come on, sluts, like, come on down and, like, you know, fuck this and blah, 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 mm. which I think people who obviously know me find it very funny because they know that that's not how I talk no. <laughs> at all. Um, but it was – it literally came about from a uni assignment. So I had a video assignment uh, that it was for like a paediatrics unit and I had to like teach how to do first aid on a baby that was choking. And I was like, okay, um, I'm going to have like a character in it where I'm like the mum and I'm like distressed kind of thing and show like what not to do kind of thing. And I just chucked on a wig. I was like not in drag at all. Like I literally had no makeup on. And I just chucked on like a Larry dress and a wig, but I was like Paige. And then Mm. I was holding this baby... 
And it's like, I've just got a screenshot Having of this. Having like, like mum panic. Yeah. yeah, like on the phone, like calling the ambulance, like, oh my God. And then, yeah, I think I just put that on my like Kimmy Instagram one day as a joke and was like, oh, um, me like trying to get in touch with Reese, like to get, get child support or yeah. something like that. And it was like heaps of people replied to it and they thought it was hell funny. Yeah. And I was like, it is really funny. I can play on this. Like, I can really play on this. And I have. Like, I need to do, I've got a few songs in mind. Like, I want to do like a song, um, like a love song or like a breakup song. And I like mm. have a photo of Kimmy or like vice versa. Like, I have a photo of Reese and I like rip it up. Like, I've got a great photo of Reese with Cougar where Cougar's got like her leg wrapped around me and I'm Yum. like holding yeah. her. So I'm like, I could do like a really camp, like breakup song as Kimmy and like have the have the like poster and rip it up. And it would be even better if like Cougar's hosting and just like like rip it in Cougar's face. Like how dare you like try and steal my man. Yeah, and then you could start Kimmy's whole next chapter. Yeah, yeah. like it's Kimmy's villainy. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, it all Kimmy's started because of, yeah, of Cougar. <laughs> yeah, wow. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. It just Reese is a lot of fun. Mm. Um, Reese is a joke on masculinity. Though, oh, and, absolutely. Like, he's completely, and like in the terms of like respect as an audience member, me um mm. you go like i've got so much respect for kimmy she's like powerful and she's queer and she's like me 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 yeah uh reese i love to look at and i hate him yeah and i love hating him oh absolutely i think i've got a <laughs> i've got a photo um as reese and sugar to shore commented on it and was like um <laughs> this man just uh rubbed my left flat for 20 minutes and asked me if i came oh my god Oh and God. I was like, it's so good. I was like, because it's so the it's, energy yeah, that he gives off. And energy. it's not even intentional. And I just, I ache for it. I mm. think it's so funny. Reese has got like a Batman collared shirt and that's his good shirt. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if that, I think my good shirt is my collared shirt with cruisers on it, <laughs> which I don't even button up. <laughs> it's, yeah, I, I love it. I love uh, the mullet. I Yeah, everything about it. I just think... He's fun mm. and he's definitely my stress relief because I put so much pressure on myself now as Kimmy. I'm like, definitely. you need to, especially with certain things that have happened in the scene where I've been made an example of and been a catalyst for like change and, you know, being a good example of like AFAB body positivity. It Like there's pressure there. There's pressure there. there. Kimmy's um, now held at a very high level that unfor mm. unfortunately I mean fortunately because being a role model is like obviously a privilege yeah. and it's an honor and all that sort of stuff but like no one asked for no. it no and, and and that's it as well as like when I started drag it was a it was stress relief I was like I'm gonna have fun on stage and I'm just going to like well and um because I don't play basketball anymore like this was my like outlet now I was mm. like okay I don't have my sport outlet now I have a creative outlet which still has this like aspect of a team, which yeah. I miss, you know, where you're encouraging everyone. And because my my era of drag, uh, when we first started, we were all, we're so nice. <laughs> like when we all started, it was like, oh my god, yay! Like BB and Justin are performing, and we'd all be like backstage and like hugging each other and like let's go, like you know. And it was yeah. this always like this constant encouraging environment. Hey, it was just like always like lifting each other up and just. We had nothing bad to say about each other. And it was like, oh, my God, Justin, like, you won. Like, that's so great. Yeah. And then, like, the week after, it would be like, oh, my God, like, Kimmy, like, you won. Like, yeah, like, we were all so happy for each other. And there was, like, no shade. And it was just this, like, friendly, like, 
team it was the team aspect that I missed from basketball that yeah. I was like this is so sweet but then it also had the element of competition mm. that I also missed from basketball yes, so I was course. like this is like so much fun it's just like this you know pick a song from Spotify learn it in my car for two days and whirl it on stage and let's go and mm. then I never expected my drag to pick off like it did okay like I don't I don't I was is there a reason you didn't think that you it would go anywhere I think part of it was the stigma of being a female drag queen. And, like, at the time there weren't many female drag queens getting, like, booked for things, you know. Like, you never really saw them in production shows. You didn't see us. It it didn't help that there wasn't many of us. And then I came onto the scene and it was only Moxie Hart at the time. But Moxie, when I started drag, decided that she was going to pursue musical theatre, which she's always done that. But it just (laughs) happened – it just seemed to – it happened at the time where she was, like, full-fledged in, like, rehearsals, I think, for Kinky Boots, like, the first time Kinky Boots was done in Perth. So Moxie was always doing that. So I was like, oh, my God, like, I'm the only female drag queen, like, at these drag factories and stuff like that. And I was performing against people like – um, Liberty Genre and Sassy Cassie, Trinket Estrange, you know, yeah, all of big, these people, incredible people yeah. very incredible people. Um, but it, they, it was all like gay men. It mm-hmm. was all the gay men. And, um, you know, so I was like, oh, I'm the only female. And I definitely felt like there was just like, oh, they don't really think much of me. Like I can't dance and I'm not like a whopper student like they are. or I'm not a dancer like they are. And I'm just having fun. Yeah. And I was taking it seriously, but I wasn't taking it as seriously as like, I'm going to be doing like hens gigs every weekend and I want to be like booked and blessed and busy and kind of thing because I was just having fun. Yeah. And And you took like as much pride in your studies as you were taking in your drag work. Yeah. Yeah. And I still, I still do, but I've definitely noticed that since I became more serious with my drag, like the studies have fallen, Mm -hmm. which is a shame, but that's okay. Like that's a lot on me. Like I haven't prioritised my life like I should have. It's completely up to you. Like both are incredibly valid and it's very hard to be one persona and then two personas and also – and then get a degree. It's a lot. Oh, absolutely. And working and then COVID. And and I think that was it as well is like ironically COVID was when Kimmy started becoming more serious and getting more booked. And I think it was because when I was getting on stage, because I wasn't whirling every single week – and I wasn't just, like, doing numbers that I had learnt the week before kind of thing. I was doing it to make it count because I was like, okay, like, I want to have fun but I want to do, like, a number that I, like, I win with or I want to do a number that, like, people remember and stuff like that. So doing that really, you know, I made a point. I was like, it has to be better each and every time, which it was like that when I first started but because I was doing Drag Factory like every week, it was like, oh, okay, if I had a slightly terrible performance, it's like, that sucks but yeah, right. back into study tomorrow, you know, like yeah. I, I was like, oh, we can do better next time and the it's fine. The standard was starting to slip. Yeah, yeah, it was just like, it was just having fun. Like yeah. I didn't really... Which w- is still valid and that's what Kim yeah. was at the time and she was exactly. just stressed to leave. So exactly. how do you balance the idea of sitting there being like, I need to make every show bigger and better than the last yeah. show and also this was supposed to be my creative outlet, yeah. not not something that caused me stress. Yes. And at this point it almost sounds like Kimmy caused and continues to, yeah. as lovely and amazing as she is and we love her so much, she's caused so much stress yeah. that Reese has to exist to offset oh, Kimmy. Absolutely. And I think as well it's just like, yeah, there is this this pressure um, and from everyone around you as well because, like, there's so many new queens coming in and now mm. it's like, okay, yeah, I've got to step. I've got to step it up, like, if I want to be getting booked. And I think a really important thing as well for drag is it's okay to want to be taken seriously 
and and I think this is what I struggled with actually is is why Kimmy was so like blase was it was in the beginning was people there was a certain pressure that if you were to do drag you had to make it your career and I was yeah. struggling with that so I was sitting here like oh well I I don't want to take up the space of others because I'm going to be a paramedic like I'm going to be a paramedic that's going to be my career drag isn't my career it's a stress relief like there was this big expectation not just of me but I just felt like and I might have been the only one who felt this way like this pressure was there maybe not who knows but it's like obviously not coming from an artist's background Mm -hmm. and I've stepped into it and I think that was hard as people were like oh like it's just this girl who used to play basketball like she's got no performance background at all and I've stepped into this and then it's like oh well you know, if you're not aiming to be, like, in production shows and you're not aiming to be, like, booked and blessed and stuff like that, then, like, why are you doing it? Like, yeah. it wasn't ever explicitly said, but that implication was always kind of there. Like, the insinuation of, like, if you're going to do drag, you have to make it your career. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, and, and like I said, like, I might be the only one who has felt that way, but, mm. like, I definitely felt like there was a you know, pressure there and it was like a... Even if you're just putting it on yourself, it's still a valid yeah, pressure. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, oh, if, if you want people to take you more seriously, you need to be wearing clears mm. and you need to be wearing like these massive pleasers. And I'm like, well, I'm fat and have fucked ankles, so I'm not doing that, sorry. Yeah. Um, and you have to wear a corset. And it's like, well, why? Oh, well, you know, you're a girl, so you need to emphasise the figure that you already have and wear push-up bras and maybe try hip pads. And there was all this constant, like, when I asked for advice about my drag, it was always, like, this very much, like, you have to be doing this. Let's tick some boxes. Yeah. Yeah. And now I'm so thankful that, like, in the year and – my first year and a half, those boxes have really been shattered. Like, there's definitely – not as much of that anymore. So it's like you can go out there and not wear a wig if you don't want to and, you you know, you can do your own thing um, and it's still drag. And I think in the beginning when you're a baby, like, people think those elements are very important and I think mm. it's because from the outside looking in and as a baby looking at yourself, you're like, oh, that is what I can do to immediately make it look like, look, I'm, I'm doing things to be yeah. a drag queen. And also if you watch 10 seasons of Drag Race in 48 hours, yeah. what you're going to find is that, oh, I'm not ticking all of the boxes that I'm supposed to be yeah, ticking. Like, exactly. Because those, especially if you go back and watch early seasons, they're definitely boxes that that are propelled yeah. onto the world because otherwise how would they make a TV show? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, like, look, like one of um, Alaska's, like, biggest songs, like one of her drag songs is how, like, if you're not wearing if you're not wearing a wig, like, you're not doing drag. If you don't have nails, you're not doing – you know, like, and stuff like that. So it's, like, a very – I'm it's glad that, that those – something that she actively fights against yeah, now. Yeah, which is so funny. So I think it was definitely that. And then when I sort of started realising that I could do drag and – have a career at the same time it was a big wake-up call because I was like okay I can do drag a bit more seriously and especially when I was getting better as well because initially I was like wow I don't feel like I'm improving as much as like the other baby queens Mm -hmm. so I think that was where a lot of it was as well that I was like okay that's fine I'll just have fun but then when I started noticing like it was um it was Cougar. Cougar came up to me and I had no idea that she knew who I was and she made a comment how she finds me very entertaining. She was like, wow. like she was like, I find you so entertaining to watch, like keep it up, you're improving. And she made the comment that like she could see the improvement and mm. I had no idea that Cougar knew who I was, you know. And she came up to me and said that and I was like, oh my God, like wow. And then I watched Pop Princess and I think I was – or Pop Royalty I think it's now called. Yes. Um, but I watched it in 2019, so that was the first year I did drag – and 
you remember who the winner was that year? It was uh, Serenity. It was Serenity's yeah. year. And I remember going, I'm going to do, I'm going to do Pop Princess next year. Mm. COVID happened, so I didn't, lol. Um, but, <laughs> but I remember being like, okay, like that's now my drag goal is I'm going to compete in a competition. Like that was the turning point that I was like, I'm not just going to have fun with my drag now. Like I'm going to put numbers forward with purpose and, you know, like realise some things and learn some more things, like learn how to do wigs and improve on my makeup and stuff like that, like get tips from other people, like expand my wardrobe. And, yeah, I think the minute that all sort of started happening and then I met people like Skyscraper, who's like an accountant. (laughs) That's right, yeah. What a boring job for a drag queen, but like... You know, she was telling me, like, oh, yeah, girl, like, you haven't seen me around. Like, I've been around for years, though, but it's because I've got, like, a career. And I was Mm. like, you can do that. Like, and so it was fascinating, like, meeting these people who have managed to balance, like, full-time careers with drag. And I went, I can do this. Like, I can really do this. And that is one thing that I now try to put forward with Kimmy, too, is I'm allowed to have a career and I'm allowed to be passionate about a career. Yeah while still being passionate and striving for excellence with my drag too. Shocker, people can be multifaceted. Yeah. yeah, and it's like I think like that is one of the things and not everyone has that viewpoint but like I have had it said to me, oh, you know, maybe you would get more gigs if you didn't talk about like your paramedicine and your footy as much on your drag account. And I'm like, okay, mm. but like I'm like I see where you're coming from because for you, your drag's all encompassing. Like drag is going to be your career. You want it to be your career like – you know, that's the direction you're heading in. And there's nothing wrong with that. Full props to you. Go nuts. Love it. Very proud of you. That's terrifying. You know, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, love seeing that you can do that. Um, but for me, I want to save lives. Uh, huge, huge, huge part of my life outside of drag. Um, it's my main part of my life. Mm. You know, like I said, I've been at footy for, this is my sixth year now at footy. Yeah. Um, and I, lo- I love it. And I think it's really important to demonstrate that, Drag queens can have lives outside of drag that aren't queer coded as well. Yes. Like there's nothing wrong with being in like a, you know, quotations, like a straight environment slash a non-queer environment whilst also being a drag queen. You know, like I just, I really like to push for that. I'm like, you know what? No, I'm going to talk about my footy stuff and my paramedicine mm-hmm. stuff on my drag account. Like if I get messages from followers being like, oh my God, like girl, why haven't you performed in a while? We miss you. I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, it's just because I'm busy. I'm going to sit here and be like, I'm in the middle of exams. Like, I'm yeah. passionate about this. It's footy finals. Like, I'm part of the team with my footballers. Like, footy is a big part mm. of my life in the winter. So, I'm like, of course I'm going to be part of this team and this all-encompassing, like, football. And, like, I'm proud of them. And I'm proud of the work that I that do. you do to get them there. You know, yeah. like... I want you to see that I'm really good at something outside of drag. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, it's I, no, not I just a... I appreciate that. Do you also like think that maybe every space that you enter kind of becomes a queer space just by your existence in it too? So oh, like it's not... Strive for it. Although it's like, I'm, st- we're still living in a, a space where unfortunately things are very much like, this is a straight place and this is a queer space, which is... Yeah, it shouldn't... Uh, it's, which are labels that shouldn't no, e- exist no, when absolutely. we're talking about like professions and things mm. like that, obviously. But just by your like existence... In yeah, them. they're inherently queer spaces. Oh yeah, as well. which is which is why I like to talk about my drag and stuff at footy. And like, I will straight up. They're like, "What did you do on the weekend?" I'm like, "Oh, I had a gig." Mm. And they're like, "Oh, like, what did you do?" And then it, it starts a conversation, and it's like really funny, like having conversations with these like straight 
footballers who you would never have expected, you know. Like, it's it's the ones that you don't expect that you end up having, like, some really great conversations with and very open-minded conversations. I can imagine, yeah. Um, and even, like, I, I remember having a conversation with someone about, like, pronouns at footy because they were like, yes. I just don't understand and I see all this discourse online. It was like a 35-year-old. Mm. And they were like, I see all this discourse online about it. And they're like, I don't I don't get it. Can you, you explain? You a safe person in that yeah. moment, which is pretty cool. It is, it is very cool. And I think it's because they, they do feel safe because I'm like, look, I can't tell you everything and I don't know everything. And I'm very honest. I'm like, as a cis person mm. who is very comfortable in their identity, I can't speak for anyone, you know, who's on the trans spectrum. But this is why these things are important, you know, yeah. and it's why I don't mind going by she, they as Paige because one, I've got three characters. <laughs> so sometimes they is just easier, especially if you have known me as all three. Yes. So it's like, if you're just going as a over umbrella, like as they, like that's fine. Um, but yeah, it's like, I try to use the they, them pronouns and I try to use them for other people and in you know, quotations, non-queer spaces, yep. to make it more normalised so that when, you know, my friends who are non-binary with they, them pronouns come up and I'm like, oh, yeah, they, you know, want this to drink or whatever, they don't sort of go like, oh, they, like, are you, you know, mm. like, what is that supposed to mean? Like, it's just... It doesn't they doesn't startle don't blink, anybody. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't... They don't blink an eyelid because they've started hearing, you know, people make a point of it. Yeah. It's... I don't know. Anyone from the football club or the paramedic world ever ended like besides dad, obviously, mm-hmm. ever ended up showing up to a show? Yeah, yeah, I've had a few. Um I've had uh, a lot of the footy girls have come to my shows. Mm-hmm. Um a lot of the footy girls have come. Some of the footy b- boys have come like accidentally, like in terms of like they've come to the court because they were on the like piss or whatever and they've gone like, oh, "I wonder if Paige is performing." And like I, I have been, love that more. Yeah, and like it's just like obviously, I mean, a space that they're yeah. like, oh, we're comfortable, so like let's go yeah. and see some people twirl. Yeah, exactly. And like there has been times where they've actually come into me at footy. They're like, I was at the court on the weekend, and there was drag queens, and you weren't one of them. <laughs> and like You're they the get only, annoyed. Aren't you the only drag? Queen? Yeah, I'm the only drag yeah. queen in their eyes, apparently. Of course. Um, which I love. But I find that really, like, sweet. Like, because I will get messages, like, at 2 a.m. sometimes from, like, these drunk straight men who are like, we're at the court and, like, I've seen a drag queen and it's not you. And then <laughs> they'll happened? be like, where's Paige? Like, is Paige, like, out tonight? And they're like, I don't know who Paige is. Yeah. <laughs> because they know me Kimmy. as Kimmy. And they're like, oh. And then they don't know my drag name because they just know me as Paige. Yeah. And they're like, oh, well, uh, never mind then. <laughs> <laughs> and like as That's bless their cotton funny. socks. I do love them. Like they're just a bunch of goofballs. Like coming back into training and like, what what happened? Yeah, I'm <laughs> Has like, it all guys, been a fever dream? I'm like, what like what is going on? And yeah, I love it. They they're really accepting of everything and it's really cool to have that environment that I'm like, yeah. Like I'm very I'm very gay. <laughs> and they're yeah. like, yeah, heck yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Um, so let us know all of the social media handles and where people can find you. Yes. Yeah, so Kimmy is at Hey Kimmy Head and Kimmy's with a Y. People always spell it with an I. I don't oh, know why, okay. um, but it's with a Y. So <laughs> uh, yeah, at Hey Kimmy Head and Reese is Reese um, spelled H Y S underscore suscitation. Spell suscitation. I get it wrong. Uh, <laughs> um, it's okay. Wait. Um, I'll, I'll uh, it up. R H Y S underscore S U S C I T A T I O N. 
Amazing. Because it's a nod to my paramedicine. I love yeah. that. So, yeah, they're my handles. Find me there. On TikTok is a Hey Kimmy Head. It's just me being a dumb bitch usually. Sometimes I style wigs not very well. Great. Um, yeah, it's quite camp. I'm like, come with me to style a wig. Will this help you? Probably not. Well, thank you so much for being a part of, of this no, little thank you number for having today. Me. And thank talking you. for ages and ages and ages. Oh, I love that. I, Monologuing yeah. for me. I uh, really love that. I get to do less. I couldn't I do less. Up, hey. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much, everybody, no for worries. listening to WA Expose. Yay, thank you. WA Expose is an independent production. Our artwork was created by Georgia Sassenfeld and our theme music is Corrosive by Aria Scarlett and M. Burrows. You can find out more about the podcast or live shows at ariascarlett.com forward slash WA Expose. I don't Holy. know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing. I love that. But watch it anyway. Do it. <laughs>